WBNE. So, and the Silmarillion deals with all of that. But yes, the Silmarillion reads like the King James Bible. <laughs> and if you thought there were a lot of characters. I was right going to say, it's funny you say that because someone else said it reads like a Bible. Yeah. So, it's, it's, it's very much which, like, like I'm sure, the, I'm sure to Tolkien, the Middle like, Earth Bible was his Bible. Yeah. <sighs> that just feels unnecessary. Yeah. Like, do I need to know all of that in order? to oh my god Book. listeners like i don't know if i'm gonna do all that an, an encyclopedia yeah, i don't so, think that would be exciting and i, I don't think, think anyone would have fun I, yeah i don't think <laughs> and then ethan and tyler also tell me that i i'm obligated to read anything that has tolkien's name on it we will see what happens with the silmarillion i still have no idea i've got the three-fourths of two towers and four-fourths of return of the king as well as all of the Hobbit and all of the Silmarillion and all. The, um, um, we will talk we'll, about we'll that. We'll talk about that <laughs> at a later date. But the real question is, like, are you doing the rest of Tolkien's works? That's what, like, we're gonna have to. But like, he doesn't. That's have works the that milestone matter. conversation, right? <laughs> I feel like the Silmarillion is like the end of the gray area. Like, I'm not saying you have to do the Silmarillion. Maybe that's the entrance to the gray area. I can only imagine how much harder it will be to find guests who are willing to read this obscure work of Tolkien that is incredibly d- dry and dense. Tom Bombadil. Mike loves Tom Bombadil. Like he's, he's got a fun name. He's a merry fellow and he's yellow boots. So He is an enigma. So is he in the... Silmarillion? Sil- Silmarillion. Is he in Silmarillion? I don't know. I haven't um, I haven't read it. I'm actually dreading. <laughs> I, don't, I haven't decided if I'm going to cover it yet mm. or not on, on the podcast because it's literally a Bible and it's a, also a history book. That's what people say about the Bible. It's like, oh, it's not interesting enough. You should add a history textbook to it. <laughs> That'll make it more fun. <laughs> I was going to say, actually, I think I'd rather read the Bible and a history textbook than read the Silmarillion. <laughs> <laughs> What now? I don't know. That's good question. That's what I'm, I'm watching. Hobbit movies. I'm watching The Hobbit um, until. When's that TV show come out? All they've said is it's a projected premiere of late 2021, and that's all we know. And and they've released such a vague synopsis of it. So we're just gonna get like one episode for the whole Silmarillion? No, it's not about the Silmarillion. What do you mean one episode for the whole Silmarillion? Isn't that it's next? A, it's a it's a series. I, no, I know, but don't you have to read that? Oh no, I'm not <laughs> no. Well, here's the thing. <laughs> I'm I'm definitely not gonna read the Silmarillion before I watch the Amazon series. Hello, and welcome to episode 139, all about the Silmarillion. I know Lindale, being the 139th part of that's what I'm talking about. I know Lindale. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I said that right. My name is Mary Clay. If that's too complicated for you, just call me MC. And today I'm joined by Paul and Tori of the Silly Marillion. There we go. I said it right. Welcome. Thank, Thank you, you, Mary Clay. Thank you. As I always say to Paul in our podcast, thanks for having me this week. Even oh, though I'm I can the say same. thanks for having <laughs> me. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Truly, thanks for having us. Uh, well, I couldn't think a better way to kick off the Silmarillion than with people who put the word silly in the title. Because we are uh, for for list. Oh wait, I forgot. I was gonna. I was. 
<laughs> I was going to write myself a new intro for this section of episodes. I've already messed it up. Okay, everyone Take two. pretend that didn't Take happen. Two. No, um, uh, <laughs> for people who are just now tuning in, I am experiencing the world of Tolkien for the first time. And right now, I'm reading The Silmarillion, so you don't have to. So we, in these episodes, are going to dive into the stories that happen, um, the events, the characters that are introduced, learn all about the lore, but we're going to have a good time doing it. We're not going to get to where our job is going to be to explain it in a fun way so that you don't read it and get bogged down with all of the I mean, it's beautiful, but the confusing prose that Tolkien does. Um, and so, yeah, people who have a silly Marillion podcast, I was like, that's that's great. We're on the same wavelength. We try to keep it silly. That's that's truly the only way I could understand it. Yeah. yeah. And like, that's just if there's anything I've seen, especially in the last couple months from all of the Rings of Power stuff coming out, um, people take all of this way too seriously. And yeah. we got to have fun with yeah. it. You know, it's meant to be enjoyed and uh, shared with other people and sharing that joy with other people, too. Exactly. So why don't you tell me and the listeners a little bit about how you guys got introduced to the world of Tolkien, whether that was you just did it last year because you watched the movies for the first time or because you've been a lifelong fan. Um, what's What are your Lord of the Rings or Tolkien experiences like? Yeah. I Tori, feel you want to like, go first? I was going to say, I feel like it should go first because my answer is shorter, Paul. All right. <laughs> Early pandemic 2020. There's nothing to do, so what else are you going to do but watch Classic. full Lord of the Rings? <laughs> um, I became friends with Molly Knox Ostertag, who you had Love on a couple her. times. Yes. Um, I became new friends with her, and it got out that I had never seen Lord of the Rings. And oh, yeah. That won't stand with her. <laughs> no. She, there was the biggest gasp, and I was like, oh, if I want to keep this friendship, I need to watch Lord of the Rings. Um, so it was quite beautiful. She sat me down, and we, we had like these viewing parties she cooked delicious meals themed after lord of the rings made me a chart with all of the names and characters which also truly helped because all their names sound the same some mm -hmm. of them look kind of the same um fans please don't go after me <laughs> it's okay um so i watched fellowship of the ring for the first time when i was in college it was for a film class and then i never watched any i never did anything else with it until i started the podcast a couple years later and i thought that like in my mind aragorn and boromir were the same person yeah. because i was like they're just they're like they're white dudes and they both have like long like brownish hair like yeah yeah, yeah they yeah. kind of look similar yeah my my fiance was showing me pictures of Sam and Frodo and she's like, do you know these guys? And I pointed to Frodo and I was like, yeah, that's Sam. <laughs> that's Frodo. <laughs> and I, I just got so shunned. <laughs> Sometimes I still can't tell Mary and Pippin apart, depending on the scene. This is valid. So. This is valid. We're on the same, we're on the same path here, yeah. Mary Clay. So yeah, I watched it for the first time early pandemic and we watched the extended version. And that was, yeah, really my my introduction to Lord of the Rings. It was a cool escape from like the real world into this amazing fantasy world. Um, and then I'll let Paul talk about how he got into Lord of the Rings. And then after that, we'll talk about how we came to be the silly Merlion. Yeah. <laughs> well, long time listener, first time caller, specifically with Lord <laughs> of the Rings, first time <laughs> podcasting with it, at least. Lord of the Rings has been my first 
love will always be Star Wars. However, Star Wars had burned me way too much. Uh, but Lord of the Rings kind of was my second great obsession, I guess. Uh, my dad read me The Hobbit when I was little. Because my first exposure, I guess, was the 1970... I think it came out in 77 or something. The Rankin, the, the Hobbit, uh, the Rankin yeah. Bass yes. uh, animated Hobbit movie. Oh. A classic. A classic, very beautiful, kind of almost like storybook animation and mm-hmm. uh, I was like, oh, wow, this is really cool. So my dad read me The Hobbit. Then he started reading me Fellowship of the Ring. You should never try to read Fellowship of the Ring to a child who does not initially want to do Lord of the Rings because yeah. it was so boring <laughs> and so long. I'm like, when's the action? I thought there were sword fights. Instead, we just have this old gay man having a large birthday party for himself. Yes! <laughs> I'm like, where's the action? And so we kind of put that to the wayside but then my dad uh borrowed his friends uh copies of the extended edition the dvds with the whole flip out Mm -hmm. book uh booklet kind of thing and so i watched those got obsessed i watched the appendices because i'm like oh this is filmmaking this is storytelling and just (laughs) devoured everything i could that's so cute and um I'm just imagining uh, little baby Paul <laughs> excited baby about Paul. appendices. In our in our little basement <laughs> den, popping it into the DVD player that was like a combo DVD player and VHS player, and just like, oh, like just getting up real close to the screen to watch all these, all my favorite characters interact. And uh, eventually then like crying at the end of like Return of the King uh, mm-hmm. with everything just assaulting my senses. And then, you know, it was it was all downhill from there. Like <laughs> a few like a Christmas is later, like my grandma got me this edition of the Silmarillion with like illustrations and everything. I got super bored looking at it because I was still fairly young <laughs> at the time. But now I appreciate it far more. And then uh meeting Tori, uh shout out to uh I, I guess it's like a combination of Molly and then Diz. Uh mm-hmm. Where I was just internet friends with all these different people. Lord of the Rings and, Twitter. Yeah. And Yes. That's where Lord I'm like fine like I'll follow one person and then realize and then like they'll have they'll quote tweet someone else that I already follow and then there's like a full conversation it's such and I'm a like great okay, community. I see- yeah, it's really wonderful. <laughs> and at the time, I had been doing these streams called Tolkien Tuesday, where I would read a chapter of Tolkien with like sound effects and stuff. And then I would have a random person on to just talk about uh, the chapter and whatever else about Tolkien we wanted to. Uh, and then uh, I kind of made a Discord for that community. And then Diz brought Tori and uh, her fiancé into the Discord. I'm like, oh, these people are cool. And then it all started, I believe, with a tweet of me going, has anyone ever started their Tolkien journey with the Silmarillion as opposed to The Hobbit and uh, Lord of the Rings? And if not, could I just tell you what happens in the Silmarillion without you knowing anything about Lord of the Rings? And we record that and make that a podcast. And immediately, like, Tori, like, raised her hand on Twitter. Like, I don't know anything (laughs) about the Silmarillion or anything really about Tolkien. I would, I volunteer. And hence Mm. it was born. (laughs) That's amazing. My, my podcast was also born on Twitter. Sometimes the best ideas is just silly Twitter tweets. And you're like, wait, that's, that's great. Yeah, I saw. Wait, but like, actually, what if I? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I was, yeah, exactly. I was like, Paul, are you serious? Because this sounds kind of fun. 
I was like, I volunteer. I know I've only seen the movies once. I barely know the names of people. At the moment, I wasn't serious, but then just seeing how excited Tori was, I'm like, oh, well, guess I guess I should be serious about <laughs> now this. Now we yeah. got to do this. Very excited for you to be starting this Silmarillion. We just finished it, and it's it's been a fun journey, without spoilers. Yeah. Uh, okay, <laughs> cool, cool, quote unquote fun. fun. Maybe yeah. it was fun for me, because I didn't actually read it. Paul True. was just narrating it. It was interesting. You can say that. <laughs> a lot of bad stuff happens, but it was interesting. It was a journey. That's cool. Yeah, listeners will have heard the montage at the beginning of this episode that I'll edit together of all of the times over the past two and a half years where I said, I'm never going to do the Silmarillion. <laughs> because I genuinely, I genuinely thought... I, like, I don't know. I was just like, it's not going to be interesting. No one's going to want to listen to yeah. it. I don't want to read it. I'm so curious. I kind of still don't want to read it. What, but... <laughs> what made you want to start it? Um, It was definitely the, the announcement that the Prime series, originally they had been projecting late 2021 um, as being when they would premiere it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, that's perfect because I'm going to be covering the hobbit and the hobbit movies and then i'm pretty sure when i'm done with the hobbit movies we'll have the series um and then i'll do the series and then i guess i'll just go bye bye and come back when there's a new season and maybe do a few other random episodes here or there um but the announcement that it was going to be 2022 i was like oh i have to like kill a year's worth of content now what do i do the silmarillion is the perfect thick book (laughs) to get you through that and and also i thought that the series was going to be i mean it i i know it is going to draw from the silmarillion but i thought it was going to be more like a silmarillion adaptation um or that like this is where they were getting the bulk of their stories come to find out uh that is not what's happening they don't even have the rights to the they don't even have the rights and they are uh largely adapting the lord of the rings appendices which i have notoriously also said <laughs> like <laughs> famous last uh, words uh, maybe i'll like insert insert the clip you here should or something. remember yeah. when i said i wouldn't where i are. finished return of the king i was like yeah and then there's like 150 pages of, of appendices but like i'm not gonna read that i don't really care enough like i looked through the timeline to see what happens to all the characters and like that's all i really care about I was like, yeah, whatever. I don't really care. This doesn't like. When is this ever gonna come into play again? And then, um, here we are. Um, <laughs> so maybe um, a couple weeks before the series premieres, I'll pause the Silmarillion and we'll do some appendices coverage. Um, but yeah, here we are. Um, <laughs> they really reading hooked you the in. Silmarillion. <laughs> um, so this this first section, I have listened first of all listeners throughout this entire series i'm probably going to reference don marshall a million times if you don't know don marshall on tiktok it's don marshall 72 he's tiktok's obscured lord of the rings facts guy he's been on the podcast a few times and he's a wonderful um 
Tolkien creator that I've to, to collaborate with. Um, and he has done a series where he reads the Silmarillion and then kind of like interjects with explanations about like, okay, so that means this. And the word thither means to go there, to go to that place. And he does a really excellent job of explaining it um, and like answering questions that people are asking. Um, and I listened to him pronounce the name of this section 20 times and I still don't remember it it's okay I I I knew in doll nope nope that was a valiant Do effort I, I was just cl- not even gonna you got try the first you got the first syllable down you're almost there I knew I I knew Dale. Da- see I want to say Dale but Dale. I know it's not Dale Mr. Worldwide that's what, okay, <laughs> that's what I was wondering I was like there's no way it's Dale that's isn't Pitbull no, it's Dale yeah <laughs> Okay, so I knew I. Knew- You're doing great. I didn't even try in our podcast. I was just like Paul. <laughs> Seventeen minutes in, we're stuck on the first word. Going great, Paul. Would you like to pronounce it for us? Uh, I again. Now that you no pressure, talk, Paul. I, I'm worried now that I'm gonna say it, and then Don's gonna be like, "Actually, that's incorrect," and I'm like, "Oh no!" Um, it's I've always pronounced it as I know Lindale. Uh, right that sounds exactly. so beautiful exactly yeah uh-huh that's Is it... totally what i said yeah here well, you, you can, <laughs> when you edit this you can put all right now i'm gonna say it and then you just kind of edit my voice into exactly. it and you're like oh i got um, it <laughs> no literally I, so I open all the episodes with, you know, this is episode blah, 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 all about whatever. And this is going to be all about the Silmarillion. And then it's just going to be your voice because <laughs> I can't say it. For this chapter. I got to say it like a uh, voice on like the subway or something. Just, I am like, I, I know Lindale. Doors closing. I know Lindale. <laughs> um, and that's the other thing about a lot of um, like audiobooks or podcasts or like narrations of the Silmarillion is a lot of people get they like do a full like elven accent when they're pronouncing all of these words and I'm like I can't understand what you're saying at all it just sounds I mean it is another language you I know I don't even know what an elven um, accent is it, it you kind of get like it's fancy yeah you get kind of flighty <laughs> you get it up you kind of kind of get it up like, here like pinkies out and they're so maybe yeah, well, a little pinkies more out, maybe like, with some a little bit of Spanish undertones, I would say. Roll your R's. You got to roll your R's, <laughs> okay. I believe. Yeah, 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 yeah. They're like, but I know Lindale. I can't even roll my R's. It's like, and I'm like, I, I don't know what you're saying. I'm like, can you just say that with a normal accent? <laughs> anyway, so this is the very first section. It's only a few pages. I was very surprised when I was looking through all these chapters and whatnot to see that they're actually pretty short chapters. Um thankfully (laughs) (laughs) you can take it in short bursts (laughs) because i was really expecting to open it up and be like oh my god here's you know 20 page sections for me to read with like but and like it's nice that like it is very digestible and like you can like it took it, it took me an hour to read this but that's because i was trying to be very meticulous with like um trying to understand what was going on and paying attention to the names and taking notes at the same time but like still an hour of your day sitting reading tolkien like that's that's a great way to spend you know your time so yeah it's i would definitely say like the silmarillion itself is kind of almost like the writing style is Tolkien is going to give you, like, a short kind of, like, a summary of, like, a novel. 
And then he's like, the only dialogue I'm going to include are going to be like these very specific points of dialogue. All other character interaction is not involved. This is just a fun little history. And so... Very much it, like it, a history book or like a Bible. It yeah, it Bible reads, vibes. Yes. It reads like a mix between yes. like a history book and like the King James Bible or something. Yeah. I meant to, I hope, mom, I hope you're not listening. Grandma, I hope you're not listening. <laughs> um, I was like, oh, let me pull out the Bible and read like the first couple opening verses or something of Genesis. And then I was like, I don't have a Bible with me. <laughs> Oops! <laughs> Never mind. Family, if you're listening, I didn't say that. It's fine. Uh, um, that is very uh, much yeah, what I really thought as well. It though. really does. Yeah. yeah, it was like in the beginning, God created music instead of mm-hmm. heaven and earth, the world. Yeah, yeah. and um, lots of ties between um, Melkor and you know Satan or Lucifer, mm-hmm. um, and also like lots of ideas. Like, you, you can definitely tell how, even though he might not have, like, been as open about it, you can tell how much his, Tolkien's religion influenced his writing. Um, there's a little comic strip. Let me, let me see if I can find it. Um, there's a little comic strip it someone made. the C.S. Lewis and Tolkien yes, one? <laughs> Lewis and Tolkien talking. It's someone asking Tolkien, like, hey, I found this, like, little detail. Is this an allegory to Ball? And he's like, no, absolutely not. And then the next frame is <laughs> C.S. Lewis writing, and it's like... The line is Jesus. <laughs> if one person does not understand that the line is Jesus, I will set myself on fire. <laughs> uh, I do love... Because Tolkien was... He hated people being like, oh, is this an allegory for something? And he's like, no, it's like, just a fun story. <laughs> It's like, okay, but also it kind of seems to be influenced by this other book that's pretty major in your religion. He's like the only English professor I've ever heard of who's like, if you even think of reading more deeper into this, I am going to murder you. How (laughs) can you not when he has so much like lore and footnotes and anecdotes? That's that's exactly what we do and continue to do. (laughs) So um, I'll read out for us the first sentence just to... Get, get the vibes rolling, you know, the opening. So this is the music of the... Oh, jeez. I still say that I word know, wrong. I know. I know. Yeah. I know. Okay, there we go. There was Eru, the one, who in Arda is called Iluvatar. And he made first the Ainur, the holy ones, that were the offspring of his thought. And they were with him before aught else was made. And he spoke to them, propounding to them themes of music, and they same sang before him, and he was glad. And that's li- that's also literally like the first couple verses of the Bible is like God made the earth and it was good, or like he saw that it was good. Yes. Um, just so heavily influenced. Yeah. Okay. So here's what's happening. So I'm reading it and I'm like, okay. So here are these characters. Eru is God, and then he's made his little like spirit children. Um, and instead of making like a earth or a world right now, they're just kind of using, um, the, this, this theme of music. Tolkien was like, I love music. Let's do it. He really loves music. (laughs) And the fact that he didn't particularly do music himself, but he's like, 
Very much like the Marge Simpson meme of, I just think it's neat. (laughs) I've literally made that meme, but it's like Tolkien and horse. The potato is horses. Just because like reading Lord of the Rings, he just loves horses. He loves those horses so much. His works are just a compilation of him just thinking, hey, check out these neat things. I think everyone should think these things are neat. Yes, yeah. It's literally all of his, I've said it like time and time again, it's all of his, he's like, oh, I have all these weird interests, geography, poetry, music, horses. <laughs> Made up languages. <laughs> Language, what, what, what could I do with this information? What career is and for me? Let's stick yeah. them all together in one. I genuinely feel like all these novels and stuff were just supposed like justification for his hyperfixation. Like back in the day, like people didn't really acknowledge hyperfixations, and he's like, "Oh, I need a, I need a viable source to, I need to make explain it why I'm interested in mm-hmm. this stuff. I can't just make up a made-up language just for me." So he's like, "Well, guess I'll write a novel, or two or three. I mean, yeah, <laughs> yeah." <laughs> Um, so I have been kind of viewing these, the, the Ainur as the muses from Hercules and just imagining them like on the vase being like, and that's the gospel (laughs) truth or what I have never actually, I I haven't seen Hercules in a while and I don't remember how any of the songs go. Don't come for me. Um, but I'm just imagining them as looking like the animated muses on the, on the vases and stuff. My own, my own di- yeah. Disney thought with uh, like the music of the Ainur. I always, for some reason, think of like when Remy and Ratatouille eats the cheese and then eats the grape, and like they're all like the music things like going above him. I'm like, oh, that's the music of the Ainur. Thanks, Ratatouille. <laughs> and so, yeah, their primary, I guess, their their like language or their powers or whatever are music. They're creating music. Um, and I'm sorry, I'm reading my notes. I refer to him as Daddy Eru. <laughs> okay, I refer to someone else's daddy, and I was like, I don't know if that's appropriate in this podcast. So we'll come that's back fine. to who I wrote in my notes for We've that. Said, I've been saying, yeah, I've been saying like Daddy Iluvatar. <laughs> like, oh, he's being angry. <laughs> he's Daddy Louis Vuitton in this house now. That's right. I saw, oh my, okay, so I have to admit something. Um, I saw you tweeting about like, oh, I just read this section of the Silmarillion. Um, and it was actually fun and I didn't realize like whose account it was at like and so I just replied like in all caps I was like oh my god no way I read it I just read it too and then I was like oh reading it for you MC she's coming on the show I was like I'm an idiot honestly oh my gosh you calling him uh daddy Iru is like Iluvatar means the father of all Okay, oh, well, perfect. there we go. In Elvish, perfect. So, yeah. Perfect. And so he shares with the Ainur this vision about what is to come for this world that he is going to create. Um, and he's like, y'all will be a part of this. But one of them, Melkor, which also like with a name like that, of course, you know, he's going to be the villain here. Melkor is like, mm, that sounds cool, but I kind of want to do my own stuff, too. Um, I want to, like, put my own spin on all this. Remix. Melkor's remix. Yes. <laughs> and Iluvatar's like, um, I don't think that's a good idea, because, like, what I've thought of is it's pretty good, and, like, there's a reason I'm the father of all, you know? There's a reason I Get am... Get back in line, Melkor. 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like know your place. <laughs> um, but it definitely just this idea of Melkor wanting to do his own thing and create his own things with his music is again just like super reminiscent of the Bible, like the early beginnings of the Bible of like Adam and Eve wanting to like they ignore God and they go and eat the apple and like gain free will and whatnot. And that's that was like not in God's plan. He was like, that is not what I intended. And that is not good. Um, and Melkor's like, mm, watch me. So <laughs> can I share with you my Disney analogy with Melkor? Yes. I made this in our podcast. And I was like, Oh, now we know it's Paul shaking his head. And I was like, Oh, now we know this will be a fun podcast. Oh, uh, when I first heard about Melkor kind of like going against his dad, I was like, Oh, Melkor is Troy Bolton. His dad wants him to play basketball, but he's like, no, dad, I just yes. want to sing. No, dad, I'm giving up your dream. <laughs> exactly. Actually, I don't think I don't think he actually says that. I think that is said that is what... in the other Disney movie, Ice Princess. <laughs> Another when classic. she goes in, she like walks out of the Harvard interview, which is dumb. <laughs> Listeners, if you're in an interview for Harvard and you're like, I'm going to go pursue my dream of figure skating, don't do that. Just to, anyway, and she's like, no, mom, I'm giving up your dream. Anyhow, this is exactly what Melkor is doing. Yes. Yeah. Anyway, so when you continue to re- read the Silmarillion, please always think of Melkor's Troy Bolton. It'll help. It'll help visualize the rest of the stories for you. I can't <laughs> wait for um, Bed on it to come into just play. wait. <laughs> just seeing Melkor just like dancing through. And hey, it's music. You know, their whole thing is music. I think so Tolkien it, really li- would have liked sense. High School Musical. I think he would have been a wildcat. Enjoy, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the Ainur and Iluvatar are also like notice the intense hesitation before I say any of these names. Where I'm like the Ainur, <laughs> um, they're all chilling, having a good time. Um, and it says, but as the theme progressed, it came into the heart of Melkor to interweave matters of his own imagining that were not in accord with the theme of Iluvatar. So he makes his own thing and it is not good. What a surprise. It says discord arose about him and many that sang nigh him grew despondent and their thought was disturbed and their music faltered. So Iluvatar is like, okay. We're going to settle matters. And I love this. So at first he kind of stands up and looks around and it says the Ainur perceived that he smiled. So he's he's chilling. He's like, this is pretty cool. Then what Melkor has done comes into play. And it says that they perceived his countenance was stern and he lifted up his right hand and behold, with an exclamation mark in the middle of the (laughs) after the behold. A third theme grew amid the confusion, and it was unlike the others. So he has created this third theme that's now fighting against Melkor. And then he gets real mad, and it says his face was terrible to behold. And so it's like, daddy's not messing around. (laughs) And so he raised up both his hands, and in one cord deeper than the abyss, higher than the firmament, piercing as the light of the eye of Iluvatar, the music ceased. So Iluvatar has showed his hand in all of this. Um, And he's like, I know what I'm about, son. Mind yourself. Okay. I loved it. They had a whole kind of like battle of the bands moment there. It's just like these conflicting musics. If ever like someone were to try to put like this onto the screen, they're going to have to come with like a fantastic composer because 
Like, I can already just imagine just how incredible just scene it almost be like a fantasia-esque where it's like yeah, the scene is based on the really music cool. more than the music based on the scene mm-hmm. yeah totally i, just got I love chills. that we're just rolling with all these disney <laughs> <laughs> metaphors and whatnot but yeah totally and like it would I'm sure it would, be, it would be so hard to like conceptualize that in a visual medium because at this point there are like there are no visuals to anything you know it's like there's music. no world they're just kind of like existing in a void yeah. um and uh and yeah there's just sound so yeah that would be really interesting I'm sure everyone would get mad and be like well technically like they're not beings yet like they don't have any forms and it's like well we're not just gonna stare at a black screen you know <laughs> and I like how he wrote like they perceived that he smiled because if he's not actually a form it's like he's not actually smiling but they they know that he you know he smiled he looked angry he kind of had these feelings but they got the vibe that he smiled yeah (laughs) all about the vibes yes yeah that's all that they have at this point (laughs) to go off of um let's see so that's kind of the first major thing to happen in this section um, and then he speaks to the I I nor. <laughs> You're doing great. <laughs> and <laughs> um, let's see. Did you, is this when he shows him a vision again? I don't know. Oh, he says, "All right, Melkor, I'm going to show you what you've done." It says, um, "I will show them forth that ye may see what ye have done." And this is when I was like, "Okay, Tolkien, I don't think we needed all the." And, you know, yeah. vowels. Unfortunately, and... I just thought of Kanye West because he just changed his name oh, to Ye. No. <laughs> I know. God. Someone just needs to it's walk really up dumb. to him and say, Kanye, look, here's you being dumb. Look what you have done. So, yeah, he's like, This is what you have done with your music, and this is what I'm doing, and that's why what I'm doing is better than what you're doing. <laughs> Do I have that understanding correct? Fairly. Uh, it's essentially like, hey, joke's on you. You messing all this up is playing right into my hand. It's almost like uh, when a kid is like, well, I wanted you to do that because I wanted it to be part of my plan. Uh, it's very much, it's 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 very much goes into the Christian idea of it's impossible for anything to really go against God because mm. He's God, and then because everything just, is a part of the yeah, plan. He can put everything into his almighty plan. And that's kind so of what... So what Melkor did was part of his his plan. In essence, uh, an element because... That makes me mad. <laughs> the Ainur... Honestly, so many of my friends are like, hey, God sucks. And they're like, he plans... He, like, he lets all this suffering happen. And it's like, yeah, he kind of does. Because it's like all part of his plan. But uh, like, it's... All the Ainur are made of him. And I've always read it as the Ainur are all aspects of him, with each Ainur kind of taking on like a certain like personality of his. Mm-hmm. And so, of course, he'd expect Melkor to be kind of a glory hog. At some point, it mentions that Melkor has. Oh, here we go. To Melkor, to Melkor among the Ainur had been given the greatest gifts of power and knowledge. And I'm like. Okay, well, what did you expect if you gave one of them, like, it's like, okay, your gift is water. <laughs> your <laughs> gift is 
care. Your gift is power and knowledge. Like, if I were to pick one of them to be evil, it would be that one, obviously. <laughs> you know, it's like, well, what do you expect? Yeah. Iluvatar, what do you expect to happen? And that's exact. and turns out, I guess that's exactly what he expected to happen. Um, So he shows them the world and what it will look like. And um, they see what they're creating and they see the history of this world being told kind of before their eyes and what will happen. And it kind of, let's see, is it on this page? That's it. This, this just reminded me of that, you know, Galadriel line of like, I see all things that are, that aren't, that might be, you know, whatever. Um, and it says that I nor know much of what was and is and is to come and few things are unseen by them. Um, yet some things there are that they cannot see, neither alone nor taking counsel together. So they're almost all-knowing, um, essentially. Um, I'm guessing Iluvatar is the one who is all-knowing and is like, yeah, I can see it all. So they foresee the coming of the children of Iluvatar and they are excited. They're like, cool, we get brothers and sisters, I guess. I don't know. Like, I don't We're know like, how they're related. The void. Yeah, yeah, it's <laughs> getting to see, like, new people. It's... Mm -hmm. This is very cute. And also, like, They've seen what this world is going to be like. So they are also seeing like the joys, I guess, and the experiences that these people, the children of Iluvatar, will experience. Yes. It's very cute. It's very precious. Yeah. Yes. And so it says now the children of Iluvatar are elves and men, the firstborn and the followers. And it's like, okay, as someone who is not the firstborn child and is clearly <laughs> not the favorite child, just seeing like capital firstborn being referred to as like the elves, I don't know, it just kind of makes me mad. But it makes sense that like the elves would be Iluvatar's firstborn and probably also his favorite. <laughs> Well, you know, if he if he were to if he were to pick some people that he likes more than others, it's you. you if you figure things out as things uh -oh, will go things on, things are gonna happen. <laughs> some would argue I should, that actually, you know what? He wants he likes humans more. It's really funny because now I'm gonna have to start adding in my like pre-recording spiel that I give to my guests. Um, in uh, when I was doing Lord of the Rings, I usually said, if I ever say something and you're not sure how to respond without giving something away, you can always just like plead the fifth or like not respond, yeah. you know, move the conversation for it. Like you do not have to respond to a question if you're not sure how to give to not give something away. Yeah. And I will say I'm not as worried about like quote unquote spoilers for the Silmarillion as I was with Lord of the Rings and like wanting to figure it all out in my own because like honestly there's a good chance if you tell me like oh yeah this happens I will not remember it <laughs> until like I'll be reading that chapter and then be like oh yeah didn't so and so mention this thing that happened yeah exactly so I'll have to start adding that into my <laughs> spiel again of like if you don't know how to respond it's okay okay yeah so the firstborn and the followers who are the men um, the ra the race of men, of course, women are in there too, I guess. <laughs> this is where I was like, okay, I'm following, I'm following. And then this 
paragraph of prose essentially is where I was lost. <laughs> and I made a tweet about this and it like unexpectedly blew up. And I say blew up in the sense of like it has a lot more engagement than my typical tweet. And I got like a hundred followers off of this tweet. And I'm like, what? And it was something about like I had just finished reading the first section of the Silmarillion and I was doing good until about page three. And everyone was like, I guess they relate. Everyone clearly. can relate. <laughs> yeah. So so this is the part where I was like, okay, I'm doing great, doing great. And then I was like, and you lost me. So, okay. Um, let's see. And this habitation might seem a little thing to those who consider only the magister of the Ainur and not their terrible sharpness. As who should take the whole field of Arda for the foundation of a pillar and so raise it until the cone of its summit were more bitter than a needle? Or who consider only the immeasurable vastness of the world, which still the Ainur are shaping? and not the minute precision to which they shape all things therein. So for me, it was the thing about, let's see, take the whole field of Arda for the foundation of a pillar, and so raise it until the cone of its summit were more bitter than a needle. I was listening to Don Marshall's coverage of this section, and he actually also at this point paused his reading and said, now Tolkien kind of gets carried away with his language sometimes. And a lot of times it doesn't make sense. And I'm someone who've read this book like 20 times and some things still don't make sense to me. And you know what? It's okay if you just skim over those parts. <laughs> it's not gonna, he was like, it's not gonna make a difference if you, if like your eyes just glaze over when you are reading the pillar of a mountain and raise its, the cone of its summit until it were bitter, more bitter than a needle and immeasurable vastness and minute precision to which they shape all things therein. And I'm like, bro. Just say yeah, the I world's <laughs> wild. Just say that. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my Paul gosh. is a fan so. of his really long run on sentences. And this, this again, this was my first time reading it. So I definitely did. I was just like, um, okay, I don't get that. Moving on. Yeah. Where, yeah. <laughs> when do like things start happening? Yeah. And like that sound, like it's sent when you like read it out loud or whatever. It's like, it is very poetic mm -hmm. and it is very, you know, it's really cool to, to read and hear and listen to. Beautiful imagery. But makes no sense. Yes. <laughs> Beautiful imagery, I can't tell you what it means. <laughs> exactly, yeah. At this point, has the world, has have they actually created the world yet? Or is this still like the vision? Uh, I believe he's still showing them what it's going to look like. Okay, cool. Yeah, they're all like, oh, that looks dope. I'm excited for it. But Melkor. Mm. Melkor. He wished himself to have subjects and servants and to be called Lord and to be a master over other wills. Hmm, is that foreshadowing? Hmm. Will this be a problem in the future? Will Who can it say? come in the form of, will that exact sentence manifest itself in the physical form of a ring later on? I don't know. Lord of the Rings. I've we'll never see. heard of Lord of the Rings. Hmm. What? It has an impact. <laughs> <laughs> The rest of the Ainur are chillin'. They are kind of, all, of course, coming from, like, my perspective of, like, Avatar The Last Airbender. I'm like, ah, oh, yes, the four nations. Here we go. <laughs> 
So there is. So, so is this all the ones that he names? Is that all the Ainur, or is that, or are there more than the there, ones that he names? The ones he names uh, specifically are the there are the Ainur who get involved with Middle Earth. There are a lot more that just stay in space i guess that are like into the void the music (laughs) void the fantasia void i think i'll call it yeah Yeah. like i'll I'll keep playing my cello you guys have fun yeah that sounds like a lot of work (laughs) (laughs) that's kind of messy um so there is one whom the elves call olmo oh and he is he the 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 ocean oh yeah now to the water had the i knew whom the elves called Olmo. So he's water tribe. Yep. <laughs> and then there's, is it Man- Manway? Ma- Manway? Manway, I believe. Manway. Yeah. Okay. Doing great with a, literally almost all of these name pronunciations. Reading it, I'm like, okay, yeah, cool. And I think I'm like, I don't know, maybe like one for four in terms of like what I initially thought the pronunciation was. Okay, so Manway um, is of the airs and wind air nation of the fabric of the earth had okay this is the one that i was like uh, aule yes aule nailed it (gasps) down in one (laughs) all right woo air horns (laughs) (laughs) quit the podcast now okay of the fabric of the earth had aule thought to whom iluvatar had given skill and knowledge scarce less than to melkor but the delight and pride i love this part the delight and pride of Aule is in the deed of making and in the thing made and neither in possession nor in his own mastery. So I love that he's like, I'm just out here making things <laughs> and they're cool looking. So it says he is of the fabric of the earth. So does that mean he's like making, is he like making mountains or whatever? Yeah, if uh, honestly, like it's water, air and earth. These are like the big three. And I guess it could be argued that Melkor is like fire. Fire. Everything uh, changed when Fire Nation attacked. Fire, bur- fire burns. But Did like... Tolkien ghostwrite Avatar The Last Airbender? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, Aule is, like, the craftsman. He's the he's the guy in the middle of the earth who's just, like... Bob the Builder, I could be like will. I could be like Melkor, but I'm not a jerk. And so he just kind of goes about his work and doesn't bother anyone, really. Cool. Yeah. It is cool that it's, like... I don't know. It's it's like when there's some tragedy in the news and someone's like, oh, it's because he played this video game. And it's like, I have also played that video game and I didn't go shoot up a grocery store or <laughs> yeah. something, you know? And it's like, here, you know, here's Aule. Like, I also have all of that knowledge and I didn't go evil. So I'm yeah. just going to say here you are capable. Stuff. Yeah. <laughs> um, let's see. Yeah. I had wrote Almo is the surfer bro. Aule is Bob the Builder. And Manway is Daddy Big Papa. <laughs> yeah, Manway he seemed to be a little on... more powerful. Manway's like Big Brother, basically. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, Dad said I'm in charge. <laughs> so you all better behave. You better listen to me. Yeah, I mean, like, can you imagine, though, like, you're just chilling on whatever this earth void is that hasn't yet been created. Um, <laughs> and, and then, like, your brother, like, descends from the heavens because he is, like, of air yeah. and wind. <laughs> but then... 
things happen. Um, (laughs) Terrible transition. So they are looking upon this vision and then it was taken away and hidden from their sight. And it seemed to them that in that moment they perceived a new thing, darkness with a capital D, which they had not known before except in thought. And so this darkness comes and they are unable to see the rest of this vision until... It's kind of terrifying. Yeah, it says um, some have said that the vision ceased ere the fulfillment of the dominion of men and fading the fading of the firstborn wherefore though the music is over all the valar have not seen as with sight the later ages or the ending of the world so is it my understanding that they did not see up until was it the because the third age is when everything happens with like Lord of the Rings? The elves are starting to go to yeah. yeah the Undying Lands and they're leaving Middle Earth and the ending of the world I guess could be assu- Ma- I, magic I is assume. like waning and it's becoming more like humans are just kind of taking things over from there. Yeah, so they see up through the second age. Is that what it is? Uh. I believe or do we they even don't, know that? I, I, I don't think we actually get a specific time that, like, they get the cutoff. All we know is, like, they don't know how everything's going to end. Like, they started dozing off in, like, at a certain point in the movie and then fell asleep <laughs> and then woke up and the movie was over and they were like, oh, what was the ending? Like, that, that was kind of... Uh, how they went about it. That's a great metaphor. <laughs> That's a really great metaphor. And I believe, like, w- like there is like one of the Ainur who I think you learn in the next chapter, who was like the one who like Ooh. stayed awake the longest, and was like, "I'm gonna finish this movie," <laughs> but he can't tell anyone <laughs> unless they specifically ask him. It's like I want to know what happens, but also no spoilers, please. Yeah, it's like, oh. it's a fine it's like, line. Oh. <laughs> it's like someone asks you, like, "How does the sixth sense end?" But also, don't spoil anything for me. Don't give anything away. And it's like, okay, well, notoriously, <laughs> the sixth Famously. sense ends with the best twist in all of, you know, at least at the time in film. Like, oh, <laughs> like the greatest twist. Who's Luke Skywalker's father? You know what? No, don't tell me. Don't tell me. <laughs> don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. <laughs> so they are all upset, to say the least. They're like, wait a minute. Oh, my God. Another Disney reference. <laughs> I'm not even like that big of a Disney person, which Today is you what's are. so funny. In Toy Story 2, when they're showing Woody the TV show, yes. and then it ends, and he's like, wait, wait, what happened? What happened? What's the next part? Canceled. I want to see it. And they're like, it got canceled. They're like, what happens? Um, and Iluvatar's like, eh, don't worry, it'll be fine. Um, anyway, <laughs> let's. The narrator. Says, okay, and they were worried. <laughs> <laughs> and it says, therefore, I say. <laughs> okay, so it's E. A, and the A has the little dots over it. Is that an umlaut, by the way? I believe I feel it, like two I dots should... are an umlaut, yeah. Umlaut, yeah. I meant to, like, look up ahead of time and be like, so what are all, what do all these, like, you know, punctuation and, like, accent marks, like, what kind of sounds do they make and stuff? I didn't do that You'll have to look at the appendices. Um... <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> uh... Literally, just, like, just the way I was like, eh, it'll be fine. <laughs> No con, like I, I sure hope. It. I'm sure there won't be any consequences to this. <laughs> um, so he creates a. <laughs> reading it, I was like, Aya! <laughs> you're very, you're kind of close. It's a. A. Okay, you need to great. give yourself more credit, Mary Claire. Yeah, I'm doing great. Doing great. <laughs> Follow your instincts. Um, okay, 
<laughs> so he says, therefore, I say, Ea, let these things be, and the world shall be, and those of you that will may go down into it. And so he creates, he made a new thing, Ea, the world that is. So is that also Arda? So Ea is like the universe. Okay. And like the physical universe. And then Arda is the world. Okay. So like the Milky Way and Earth. Yeah. It's like kind of like that distinction. It's like okay. Arda is specifically where everything happens. The, the place is and okay. then it's contained the room where it happens. In Ea. In Ea. Okay. Yeah. Got it. Got it. So the Ainur that decide to go down to the the world, the universe, whatever, um, they become the Valar. Is that my un- the correct understanding? Yep. Uh, it's the Valar. Yeah. Mm. And then nailing you it. have. I was a little like, con- confused on that transition. So good job, Kim. Yeah, because he does. Yeah, he does. Kind of just where is it? He kind of throws in Valar. Is it is it Valar Valar? I always pronounce it Valar. Valar. Okay. Where is it? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. There it was. Yeah, he mentions Valar earlier. It was. Oh yeah. Wherefore though the music is all is over all the Valar have not seen as with sight the later ages or the ending of the world. And so he mentions he uses that word before he introduces now where he says and therefore yeah um yeah so they go down blah, 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 blah. um but this condition Iluvatar made. Or it is the necessity of their love that their power should thenceforward, again, another time where I'm like, Tolkien, just use like a normal word, bro. Thenceforward, (laughs) be contained and bounded in the world to be within it forever until it is complete so that they are its life and it is theirs. And therefore, they are named the Valar, the powers of the world. Lit. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, like, the Valar are like the most powerful of the Ainur that go into the earth. They kind of take on, like, if you think of like how each like Greek god has their specific niche, like they all take on their own niche to make up the world. But then you have lesser powered Ainur who go in and kind of become their servants, and they are the Maiar. Mm. Is that Gandalf? Yeah, actually, Gandalf is a Maiar. Ooh. Yeah. I knew. So I knew that. Um... Like Gandalf and the wizards were like sent down from the Valar. Yes, in some Wait, essence, is, you know. Is that well, why actually, they, they say he's he comes down from a comet? Is that where that whole thing comes from? Oh my from? god! Okay, let, don't. We're not going into Rings of Power. We can't <laughs> okay, talk yeah, about Rings of say, Power. I'm gonna go crazy. I need to like dive more into. Um, it hasn't been. It's coming out this coming up Tuesdays. We're recording this. Mm-hmm. Um, but last week's episode I had on Fellowship of fans and he helped explain a lot of these like finer details about like the show that like someone who i at this point i even barely remember lord of the rings because it's been like two years (laughs) um uh and explaining that and he's like oh yeah meteor man and i'm like you mean the guy like from as in smash mouth like (laughs) (laughs) all-star is all I could think about. So I'm like, okay, so who's this meteor man? And then I got really excited because in the Vanity Fair article, there was a line about like, um, and these two hobbits are going to discover something about like some a character who is an enigma, um, whose existence is like the most questioned thing in all of this world. And it'll be really satisfying to learn about this. And I was like, oh my God, that's gotta be Tom Bombadil. We're gonna <laughs> learn about Tom Bombadil. And he was like, oh no, it's, 
probably that's referring to Meteor Man. I wish it was Tom like, Bombadil. Who's Meteor Man? <laughs> I literally didn't think of that connection to Gandalf until this very moment when you said that. I was like, oh, that's where some yeah. of those theories come I, from. Yeah, I am kind of imagining, again, with the Disney references, how <laughs> we love Stitch comes in oh, yes. to Earth and he's just like a comet or whatever. That's what I'm imagining how the Velar like, make all the wizards. They're just like, <laughs> just like... <laughs> ship them uh, down to earth real fast <laughs> they expedited the shipping yeah um overnight <laughs> yes yeah wow amazon okay, prime so has really see. stepped up oh god <laughs> um so okay where were we um that's right the velar they went down into the earth great um and they have seen so they've seen the vision but it says the vision only a foreshadowing, but now they had entered in at the beginning of time and the Valar perceived that the world had been but foreshadowed and foresung and they must achieve it. So it's kind of like, we've seen what this becomes. Let's make it happen. Teamwork makes the dream work. Yeah. And they all put their what hands team? in and be like, Wildcats. no team, Wildcats. Oh, no. <laughs> They're getting their heads in the game. But... Melkor too was there from the first, and he meddled in all that was done, turning it, if he might, to his own desires and purposes. And he kindled great fires. So here we go. Fire Nation, represent. <laughs> when therefore Earth was yet young and full of flame, Melkor coveted it. And he said to the other Velar, this shall be my own kingdom, and I name it unto myself. So then Manwe comes in, and he's kind of Melkor's little brother. Uh, because he was created in this second theme that Iluvatar made to fight Melkor's theme that he made himself. This is a moment where I'm having an out-of-body experience realizing that, like, if, so if like, my roommate was home listening, she'd be like, what is <laughs> that girl on? Just being like, yeah, so Manwe was created in the second theme by Iluvatar to fight the discord that Melkor made. And then... None of these words make sense. <laughs> oh, my God. It's truly um, another language. And Manwe said unto Melkor, this kingdom thou shalt not take for thine own wrongfully, for many others have labored here, no less than thou. And there, I love this, because I'm sure this is like the understatement of the year. And there was strife between Melkor and the other Velar. <laughs> So Manwe comes in and kind of like puts Melkor in his place, it seems like, for the time being. And yeah, I just love it. And there was strife between Melkor and the others. That's just like the PG <laughs> summary of the Silmarillion. And there was strife. Yes. Theme for this whole book. Okay, so this is another part where I was reading it over and over, trying to make sense of what happened. And I, I, I was at the end of the paragraph, I was like, so either Tolkien was like super for like trans rights and like non-binary folk and like he was ahead of a time or he's actually deeply transphobic and i don't understand i literally put i have like a this is a podcast you can't see my notes um but i put a circle around that and wrote gender question mark and literally texted that to paul and i was like what like this could be a really cool trans allegory but like is it exactly. am i reading it correctly it, or yeah so okay so here here's what happens um, now the Valar took to themselves shape and hue, and because they were drawn into the world by love of the children of Iluvatar, for whom they hoped, they took shape after that manner which they had beheld in the vision of Iluvatar. So they have seen the children of Iluvatar, and they know that they look like, you know, man and woman, and so those are the forms that they're going to take. 
Moreover, their shape comes of their knowledge of the visible world rather than of the world itself, and they need it not, save only as we use raiment, which raiment is um, like clothing. I say that with a lot of confidence for someone who I'm only like 70% sure that's what it is. <laughs> it is. Um, Google's raiment. <laughs> um, or like um, raiment is also like things you would put on your outer body in order to be looked upon or perceived in a certain way, which in our like modern day mindsets um, has a lot to do with like gender identity and gender performance. Yeah. And so a lot of people who um, are trans but maybe want to appear more or masculine or feminine or non-binary people um, who want to be more androgynous or have a mixture of the two um, put on, you know, whatever they feel most comfortable in um, in order to, like, have the outside world see who they feel like they are on the inside. So that so this is the moment where I was like, oh, OK, cool. Like Tolkien's like for trans rights. That's awesome. And but then I was like, well, hang on. Wait a minute. Cause let's see. It says, um. Save only as we use raiment, and yet we may be naked and suffer no loss of our being. Okay, so they're putting on clothes. That's okay. So they're putting on clothes, so they're not naked, but they'll be fine even if they were naked. <laughs> <laughs> this is what just what was going through my head reading this. Um, Therefore, the Valar may walk, if they will, unclad, and then even the Eldar cannot clearly perceive them, though may- they may be present. So I was like, okay, so are they there or are they not there? Um but when they desire to clothe themselves, the Valar take upon the forms some as of male and some as a female. For that difference of temper they had even from their beginning. So even in their original forms, some of them were more tempered to be in the form of a female and some mm-hmm. of them were more tempered to be in the, in the form of a male. Um, and it is but bodied forth in the choice of each. So this was the thing. I was like, okay, so he's saying you choose... <laughs> Hang on. (laughs) Bodied forth in the choice of each, not made by the choice. Even as with us, male and female may be shown by the raiment, but is not made thereby. So he's saying that you can put, you can put, so this is when I was like, okay, is he actually transphobic? Because this kind of seems like, oh, you can put on, you can dress like a man, but you're not actually a man. Yeah. And so I came to the conclusion that I don't know. There are so many moments when you're like, oh my gosh, Tolkien, you are so close to not being a man born in the 1800s. And then he goes around and is mm-hmm. like, but maybe. And you're like, no, oh, you were so close. Like we were all, yeah, we were almost there. I think look like looking back on like what he could have been. I think he was doing a pretty good job for, for the times for himself. But yeah, and again, like we are reading this in our mindsets of living in the world in the year 2022, mm-hmm. where like we know all of these like terminology, th- all this terminology, and um, everyone's much more knowledgeable of this stuff. And then also he he's writing he's writing about like ghosts, sp- spirits <laughs> in, in gender a made up universe, <laughs> you know. So like maybe it's not that deep, but like it was a cool read though. I definitely read it and I was like, oh, what are these thoughts? Because it also reads a little bit of like gender not being like it's not of the body it's a little like out of the soul yeah yeah Yeah. so that's a great way like even that is like i don't know it's very fun with gender and it's it doesn't seem Mm -hmm. as decisive um and like can these valar just choose or decide what they want to be like are they non-binary the whole thing i was like this is really rad yeah i was also i was also like oh oh are they non-binary that's really cool and it was like 
And then it was like, no, even in the beginning, they were either male or female. And I was like, so until, you know, like the joke of like, there are two genders. And then you show like at a gender reveal, there's like a gender reveal cake. And it's like the two, gen- oh, yes, the two genders, tutus and trucks, you know. Yeah. <laughs> um, and Ruffles so or rifles. Yeah. T- Tolkien being like, oh, yes, like the three genders, male, female. and Valar. <laughs> Valar. Valar. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, all that being said, that that paragraph is really even like all of these like quote-unquote gender politics aside it is really cool to read and see like how much thought Tolkien put into like well see this is how this is why some of them decided to be men and some of them decided to be women and they don't have to look like men the whole time sometimes they're just like floating around and no one can see them but the elves know that they're there and just like he put so much like thought into like the tiniest of details that Mm -hmm. if he had just said like and Olmo was a boy. And he's no, like, Olmo's no, but let girl. me explain this a little bit. No, Olmo's <laughs> a boy. Yeah. Oh, Olmo's a boy. Okay. <laughs> but Olmo could be a girl if they wanted to. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this is true. Yeah. They are like all, almost all knowing like spirit gods. Yeah. Like they can do whatever they want. <laughs> so, yeah. So they're all, anyway, they're all chilling, having a great time, singing some songs. Singing, singing some songs, songs with Larry. So at this point, are there the children of Iluvatar, the elves and men, are they there yet? Or is it just like... No. Uh, it's, okay. Think of this almost as like primordial earth. Like everything's volcanic and like everything is chaotic and it needs to all be kind of put into place. Got That's it. the Valar coming down and they're like, okay... Get your construction hats on. Let's go. Yeah. And then, yeah, it's a great transition into to what's happening. Yeah. So they are getting things ready for the children of Iluvatar to come. And it says, Then Melkor saw what was done and that the Valar walked on earth as powers visible, clad in the raiment of the world, and were lovely and glorious to see and blissful, and that the earth was becoming as a garden for their delight, for its turmoils were subdued. His envy grew then the greater within him. And he also took a visible form. And because of his mood and the malice that burned in him, that form was dark and terrible. So Melkor's like, wait a minute, y'all are hot. I want to be hot too. <laughs> Except for... He's going to be hot in a goth way. I'm yeah, going to be hot exa- in a Literally, that's what look. I put. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I literally wrote down. But when he takes human form, he's evil and emo yeah (laughs) i'm literally just imagining like mid 2010s or 2000s like panic at the disco yeah shops at hot topic hairs over the face yes exactly (laughs) yes melkor 100 percent shops at hot topic let's see and then okay i'm turning my book to the last page of this section yay we have oh we do have the same book that's why it's so easy for me to follow along with you um i got this specifically because it matches the rest of my lord of the rings and the hobbit or at least sort of matches it (laughs) melkor is real mad um he's like how dare you exclude me from all of this even though i wanted no part of what you're doing to begin with um this even is though why I we can't to do have my nice thing. things <laughs> so it says thus began the first battle of the valar with melkor for the dominion of arda and of those tumults the elves know but little um so the valar later on are very um they don't tell the elves a lot of what happened before they were there um i guess maybe you could picture it as like they don't 
want like as a parent you don't want to tell your child all the scary things in the world don't traumatize them as soon as they get to earth (laughs) yeah (laughs) and who knows some of them might have like ptsd or something from having to fight this little war yeah um that's all yeah that's also true yeah so they know that there's this war that happened between melkor and the valar um and it also says the first battle so (laughs) more to come on that later (laughs) anything that they did in order to create the world and get it ready for them Melkor ruined it Um, it says as the Valar began labor began a labor so would Melkor undo it or corrupt it Um, I find it funny though because it says like valleys they delved and Melkor raised them mountains they carved and Melkor threw them down it's like okay so y'all made mountains and then Melkor turned it into a valley and then you made a valley and Melkor turned it into a mountain so like Melkor I don't really think you're doing that good of a job here (laughs) Um, just like make it all flat you know (laughs) (laughs) he's just that annoying little sibling that is like doing the opposite of everything you're doing even if it's productive in a counterproductive way yeah yeah or i can't imagine them being like oh no we made another mountain and he's like not on my watch and crushes it into a valley and then he walks away and they're like exactly as we expected (laughs) oh yeah so so they this continues for a while of them just like endlessly trying to create the earth while melkor is slowly ruining it um but they eventually prevail and it says and thus was the habitation of the children of iluvatar established at the last in the deeps of time capital d capital t by the way (laughs) and amidst the innumerable stars which is really that's like so beautiful um established at the last in the deeps of time and amidst the innumerable stars the end (laughs) wow the summer was so good (laughs) y'all i'm glad uh, i know everything now yeah and it kind of points out that like the only light source at this time are the stars and that's it there's no sun there's no moon just the stars just stars i'm very excited for the star stuff that's gonna come i'm obsessed with stars and uh there's some very beautiful imagery with stars that i won't say now i'll just wait till you get there Ooh, yeah that does sound exciting um which is something that i never thought i would say about the silmarillion um (laughs) (laughs) so okay um Paul, out of the three of us, you're the expert here. Oh. Is there anything that like I said that you're like, no, that wasn't correct, or is there anything that I missed that you were like, let's like I, I want to point this out or something? Not particularly. I think you did skip a moment where like there is a moment where like almost sees how powerful Melkor is, and it's like, oh, he seems pretty cool. And then like Iluvatar <laughs> takes him to the side. He's like, hang out with Manway instead, because you know water falls from the sky in rain and sometimes it freezes into snow and that's pretty cool stuff right and and, uh, almost like yeah i guess it is so then he and manway basically become like best buds forever uh simply because of that um i feel a little bad for melkor being like the the loner sibling he he gets followers he still gets followers (laughs) (laughs) he's not that lonely tori yeah (laughs) and then there's one other thing is this idea of like the flame imperishable yes what is that about <laughs> uh that's like true life if you have a soul you have like a part of the flame imperishable inside you um Whoa. that is like the soul it, what makes you truly alive and so uh, Melkor wants to find the flame imperishable so he can create things that are alive uh, and truly alive like uh okay like iru does but he looks for it in the void and he can't find it because it's literally inside Iru. 
who makes all these things. Whoa. Very much the call is coming from inside the house energy. Yeah, the, the fire is <laughs> it was inside the along. guy. <laughs> so they need that to make any creature, mortal or immortal? Anything that is truly alive. Hmm. Um, I believe Melkor does go on to make things, but he only makes things in mockery of other created things, so these things don't so have probably souls, evil, per huh? se. Probably evil, yeah. Just a hunch. <laughs> oh, hmm. I wonder what those will look like. Interesting. <laughs> cool. We did it. We got through the first section. You did of it. The how Silmarillion. Are, t- tell me how you're feeling about the Silmarillion so far. Now that you're like one chapter in, I I literally feel like you're climbing Mount Everest and you take one step and you're like, we did it. Time to go home. You're like, what did I sign myself up for? Well, this was nice. Time to um, go. Yeah, I'm hoping that like the further I get into it, the more often I'm like connect, like the puzzle pieces are coming together or like, oh, yeah, this like I already know about this character because this happened in this chapter or something. Um, I'm going to offer it for myself and Paul. If you have questions as you read through, feel free to ask. Um, I probably won't have the answers, but I can continue to make silly little references to Disney help. Disney references? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> to help Paul you, like... will be like, okay, yeah, so here's exactly, like, what that means, and you'll be like, it's like in The Little Mermaid. <laughs> exactly. When... <laughs> I have made that reference. <laughs> here's what it means, but for a more entertaining take, yeah. your if story. You, if you need a pop I mean, culture you could reference. Say Melkor is looking at the rest of the Velar doing cool things, and he wants to be part of their world. Part of their world? Oh my goodness! Beautiful. Um, About to get copyrighted except, by Disney. Except for he he thinks he's Ariel, but he's really Ursula or something. <laughs> um. Well, that will bring us to the end of the episode. Thank you both so much for coming on. Uh, where can people find you on the internet, and what would you like to share with the audience? Oh, um, find us. We have a Twitter. It's at Silly Merillions, um, the Silly Merillion Podcast, and we also have a patreon um you can find our podcast where all pods are cast (laughs) and uh we're currently working on season two where we read through the hobbit together so i've never read the hobbit um so we're going through that literally like polar opposite of the silmarillion (laughs) yeah it is (laughs) paul do you want to shout out your twitter oh yeah sure uh and also my twitter because i never remember (laughs) yeah you can find uh me on twitter uh at good looking geek uh, and then you can find Tori at Toriello, T-O-R-I-E-L-L-O, and then underscore after that. Uh, it, it, half the stuff we talk about isn't even Lord of the Rings related on those. Those are literally just whatever thoughts come to us into the void. Uh, yeah, yeah. That's, we're a good time. Come listen to us. <laughs> I, I, I promise we're entertaining. That's what I'm talking about as a proud member of WBNE. If you want to learn more about the network, you can go to WBNE.org where you will find all of our shows like Unsobered. The cover art is by Vaishon Brandon. You can support him on Instagram at Vaishon Designs. You can get merch for That's What I'm Talking About by going to tpublic.com slash user slash pod. You can find the podcast on Twitter and Instagram at TolkienAboutPod. And you can find me on Twitter at MCWhatsApp and Instagram at MCTurnDownForWhat. You can support the podcast by becoming a patron. Go to patreon.com slash TolkienAboutPod to explore the different tiers and perks that are available. There is our Discord server, which you can join for $3 a month. That is less than a cup of coffee and extremely less than a gallon of gas. Yikes. Anyway, 
Or you can become a sponsor of the podcast like Danny. Danny, thank you so much for your continued support of the podcast. I very much appreciate it. And thank you for having us, Mary Clay. Yeah. It's, it's um, so exciting when I saw you message us <laughs> to kick off your Silmarillion journey. Well, thank you for coming on. Do y'all have any parting words for the audience? Take take the Silmarillion slowly. Take it in your own time. Don't try to rush through it. Uh, just read it at your own pace. Because uh, honestly, sometimes you won't even understand a passage. And then you'll come back to it like after you read ahead a bit. And you'll be like, oh. I get that immediately. Uh, it's a very much a fact. You almost got to take notes. You almost, you definitely got to take notes because, like, this is like you're in a history class. You are in fake I history class. I did feel like I was in school yeah. when I was taking my notes on this chapter. Fake history class. I'd, I'd say the best notes you can take are simply notes on who a character is because characters will pop up and you'll be like, who even is this? And then you'll find out Tolkien mentioned him, like, a few chapters ago and gave you like a brief like yeah i wrote down olmo equals water manwe equals air <laughs> Aule equals earth <laughs> honestly that's melkor equals troy bolton <laughs> <laughs> but more emo <laughs> emo troy bolton emo troy bolton there are also some great references and graphs and like character trees people have put up online so mm. feel free to use those as reference and drink some water that's my tip and, and stay hydrated <laughs> while reading the Silmarillion. Yeah. And say, yeah, don't read the Silmarillion dehydrated. <laughs> and that's what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm.